Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you remember when we were friends in the 80s? In the 80s. Do you remember when we was friends back then? It was acceptable then. Those 40 years have gone so fast now. We're too old cunts making a podcast. Just talking about when we were friends in the 80s. In the 80s. Remembering when we were young in the 80s. Right, we're recording. Welcome to Acceptable in the 80s. You alright? Yeah, I'm alright. You alright? Yeah, I'm alright. So it's, uh, we're in January 1981. It's a new, happy new year. Like, yeah, is it past the cut off though, isn't it? Yeah. Have we got to start? No, I don't think we need to be doing happy new year now. Um, happy Chinese new year. Has that happened yet? I don't know. Right. What's this episode? Is this four? Um. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Was it five? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's January 1981. That's all you need to know. So if this is your first time listening to this, uh, what we do is, as we have been friends for 40 years, we thought it'd be a really good idea to go back 40 years every month and we'll be talking about what music was out in the charts that year, what films come out that month, uh, what was on the TV, what was happening in the you know in the in the world, you know, in news stories and such. And we'll kind of spin off of that with some daft stories of what we was doing back then and and other sort of subsequent dumb things we've done that kind of tie into some of the things that we will cover in uh, the things that happened in that very there month. Um, we normally start with with records that was in the charts. Do you want to continue with that theme or do you want to mix it up? I'm not asked. All right. Uh, well, Let's start with records. All right. Or unless you've got something you want to start with. No, no, not at all. I was just looking at it and the, the, the charts hadn't changed dramatically from the Christmas chart that we covered last month. I, I did have a little look. There's a lot of John Lennon, isn't oh, there? Oh, so much John Lennon. I've said that. That's quite bad, isn't it? It's because he died that, obviously... (laughs) (laughs) Selfish cunt. (laughs) But, yeah, there's there's three Lennons in the top ten, aren't there, if I'm right? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a couple of others lurking, lurking around as well, aren't there? But I, I noticed today they were on a couple of different record labels. Um, you had some on Geffen and some on Apple. Do you know the story behind that? No. No, I don't. I didn't go as far as oh. to look it up. I just assumed you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, really? That's interesting. Go on, how did that happen? I don't know. No, I found it was interesting, but I thought I'd ask you rather than Google it. Oh, brilliant. All right, well, no, yeah. I've, I've no idea. Uh, listeners, Google that. Yeah, go and have a Google. Um, Collins. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's, so he's, he's in there within the air tonight, isn't he? Yeah. What's your thoughts on that as a record? Um, yeah, do you know what? I mean, it's clouded, obviously, isn't it, by him being a little cunt. But right, I, I want to get back onto that why does everyone? Why does everyone think he's a cunt? There was a point, because I was going to say, like, I've got the word bloke written next to Collins, right? Because, like, growing up in the 80s, like, Collins was like, he was like your local painter and decorator, wasn't he? He was just like, you know, a slightly funny little balding man that looked like one of your dad's mates. Yeah. And so I just always thought Collins was a bit of a fella. But then there must have been a point when he went from being a fella... To a cunt. What did he do? Was he a tax exile? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But he Probably. also he also Probably. done he also did he do the homeless song and he didn't give the money to the homeless. Yeah, but when, you know I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all just yeah to quote Boris Johnson. I think we all just need to move on from that. Oh. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant! Well, yeah, we should we he... should acknowledge that um, this podcast has has, has now kind of uh, upped its celebrity status now because we uh, well you had a top five hit, right? Yeah, I don't really like to talk about it though. All right, let's move on. No, we we should you know, we should just cover it just <laughs> for, so people aren't confused. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so ridiculous, it sort of feels like it never actually fucking happened. Yeah. Yeah, the weirdest, the weirdest fucking, the weirdest week of my life. You know, like, every day, you fucking, like, you know, turn your phone on when you wake up in the morning, and then, like, you're in the Daily Mail, and then the next day you're in the Independent. It's just, it was just, like, you know that that fucking 15 minutes of fame thing? Yeah. It was that. Just in your like fucking hell, you know. And I was like, I was like a fucking dog with two dicks, like waking up like fucking half past five in the morning. You couldn't get back to sleep because it was just so fucking exciting. I thought I was well over all that, but no, it was, it was fucking great. Oh, it, and then it is great, mate. Absolutely great. And and you know, most of the listeners, I'm I'm, I'm sure, were, would have bought it and have been behind it. And you know, and as, as your mate and the rest of our mates, we all felt as excited as you. I'm sure. I, it was just it was just that thing of like I, I you know it was just so fucking exciting you know and also like just the idea that you know the content of the song like and it was probably the most simple song in my entire back catalogue you know which are seven words repeated over and over again calling the prime minister a fucking cunt that's something that shouldn't be overlooked because it's really weird because i know like i've known you obviously 40 years and and i'm completely immune to the subject matter of anything that you, you know, you sing about. And, you know, I've seen you previously, you know, mess around and trouble the charts with, with, with other releases. 
to see somebody in the hardest week of the year go top five with a song referring to our Prime Minister as a fucking cunt <laughs> is incredible. Like, absolutely incredible. It's like, I mean, obviously we was chatting a lot around that time and and it was just really weird. Like, me mum and dad would be like, yeah, I, I, bought his, I bought his record. And I was like, did you? <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, you know, it's good, isn't it? And I was like, you know, it's good to see him getting on, isn't it? And I was like, the Prime Minister a cunt. Do you know? Do you know what? That was one of my. I was, I was so fucking pleased that your parents got on board with it. That fucking makes me so happy. Um, like probably one of the most joyous things for me was just like looking down the chart, like when it was in the midweeks and stuff. Just looking down the chart at all the song titles, and they're all just really nice, happy, Christmassy kind of song titles. And then just in the middle of it, is Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt. <laughs> Just nestled in amongst Merry Christmas, everyone. All these fucking messages of goodwill and just this this little bit of bile and hatred right in the middle of it, just fucking spoiling it for everyone. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I mean, talking of, of, of sort of spoiling things of my parents, we, we, we should we should touch on um, an incident that happened once when um, that was your 15 minutes. But my 15 <laughs> minutes was, was headlining a, a, a local music festival once. And uh, in, in my band, and for some reason, I thought it was a good idea to ask you, who'd been drinking all day. I got it. You wanted me to like be a part of the moment, and I was really honoured and touched that you should you should think of me to do that. Yeah, but I wanted you to be like a hype man. I wanted you to be like a boxing <laughs> announcer and just whip everyone up into a frenzy. Because like I thought, this is it. You know, all my pals are here. Looking out there, because obviously in the previous band, my parents couldn't attend them shows because of the nature of what we were singing about. So this was like me, me proper band, you know. We 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 was we was having a good spell, and we're headlining this local music festival. My mum and dad are out in the field. My mates here. Let's ask him if he wants to introduce us. Yeah, no worries. Standing backstage with you know the the rest of the band. Tell them what you said. I can't remember. Just get to the money shot. <laughs> I, I can't remember. It had some expletives in though. Welcome to it. the stage, this band of fucking cunts. <laughs> Lilo. And I just thought, I think I might even high five you as you walked up and I walked out. And I just thought, at that point, I was like laughing because I thought it was really funny. And then I sort of got to my keyboard and looked out and I thought, oh, my mum's there. And I just remember <laughs> afterwards just going like, oh. And I, I think maybe that was the moment when she realised that's just what you yeah. do. And I think maybe that set it from then onwards, like for the you know the twenty or twenty five years since then. She just kind of knows what you like. You know, you played me stag do. My dad was there for that as well. You know, you, you, you wanked and cried in front of him. I think <laughs> it didn't feel out of place though. Yeah, I should also point out that the people that aren't massively familiar uh, with your back catalogue um you didn't actually uh masturbate and sob in front of my dad it yeah, was... I, was, I was just so sad you picked your future wife over me <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant right so collins um was in the charts within the air tonight it's all right in the air tonight isn't it yeah it's all right like people i think people think it's better than it is there's only one good bit isn't it it's like what the doof doof yeah. Doof, 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 doof. 
I've heard that too much now. I think you've just heard it too much. I think it's a good record. What's your, what's your favorite? Have you got any Collins records you like? Yeah, of course. Against all odds, it's incredible. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? I, I know. What, I, I can't. I know. Look, you're fucking. We can't wait to say it. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, then. It's just fucking brilliant, isn't it? Hey. And, and what about you? What's your, what's oh, your... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> your favourite ever record's Easy Lover, you know? I said that once when I was about 13. I love that about fellas. That if one of their mates ever slips up, ever, it's like, banking that. I'll never let him forget that for the next 35 years. You, I have to say, I reckon you have mentioned every week for the last fucking 37 years or whatever that my favourite record ever is Easy Lover. Followed by... Uh, uh, bridge wax, to your heart by your wax, heart. Uh, and and yeah, a uh, couple of albums by Level Forty Two. Couple of albums, one album. <laughs> That's your fault. My first ever album was fucking. Was it Running in the Family? Yeah. That's your fault. I had four quid burning hole in my pocket. You're like, you should go and get an album. Hey, do you know what? That was that was, and and the other the music podcast I do. I always talk about people where they you know buy their records and things like that, and. A lot of people will say, oh, where I lived, there was like a toy shop and a record shop. And that was where we used to go, wasn't it? There was this like yeah. little shop that had sell toys and records. And I think it was shutting down and it was flogging off a load of stuff cheap. And I think, like you said, you had a couple of bob. And I was like, yeah, I'm going here, buy some records. Yeah. Because I'd never bought an album before. Yeah. But I think, when when would that have been, like, uh, running in the family? What was that, 86? 87? 86, 87, I reckon. Yeah. Because I, I bought that. I bought that on vinyl, and I bought um, a tape of Absolutely. Madness. Madness. Yeah. But some cunt fucking, when I was working for the youth service, I left it in my office. My, I, I didn't have my own office, but it was like a little fucking space in the corner of the office. I left it on my workstation, and this fucking cunt who was doing work experience there stole it. There's nothing worse than helping yourself and abusing your position as a youth in the youth service. I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the police, the police were in there with um, I can't remember what Partridge's exact quote is with their gibberish classic. Do 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 da 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 whatever it is. Um, rubbish. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got no time for that. Did we talk? Did we talk about that last month? I think we spoke about "Don't Stand So Close to Me" then. Mm. Um, but just on the police, I was just trying to work out. Obviously, on one of the previous episodes, we spoke about um, that time the phone rang in the phone box and we went to the police about that nonce. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the next interaction that me and you had with the police, and. I've got something in mind that that I actually remembered and I was telling me mate Chris about the other day. Is it me being a cunt? No, no. I mean, right, you being a fucking idiot, but like Let's not horrible. Can you remember when our mate Maloney worked in a, a kitchen, a kitchen fitters uh, called Cole's Kitchens, like down near where I used to live? And, oh, uh, along the brawl bar, yeah. Yeah, and opposite there was like this sort of... I mean, we've had a couple of strolls in lockdown past there, and, I, and I've, I've purposely not mentioned it, because I kept thinking, I want to talk about that on here. And and there was like a kind of almost 
like a flat across the road that was owned by the people that owned that company, and Maloney nicked the key, yeah, and threw a party in there, and a load of tough kids from Torrells went there, and like, and you knew them, I think, because you'd gone to junior school with a, a lot of them, uh, and I can't remember too much more about the night before it got raided. Have you got? Before, <laughs> I'll pick back up on the raid, but can you remember much about it previous to that? No, I... Do you know I, what I'm talking was, about? I know, yeah, yeah, we... There were, the flat was kind of empty, wasn't it? There yeah. weren't anything in it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we just sat there against the walls, just like drinking these warm three-litre bottles of, you know, whatever it was, fucking old English cider. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, the, the old Bill was in there. And I remember, like... uh they were all like that. I remember some of the tough kids like bombed it, like literally, like legged it out, like climbed out windows and stuff. And like, I think me and you just shit ourselves and just stayed there. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who else was there apart from me and you. I don't know if any of our other pals were there. Obviously, Maloney would have been, he would have run. And all I remember is like the police made everyone empty their pockets. Yeah. And put, <laughs> I know where you're going with and this. And put all the content. Like, where we was all sitting around the outside of the room, put all the content in the middle of the room. So everybody was, like, kind of, you know, this would have been, like, maybe late, very late 80s. Like, everyone was putting, like, their kind of, like, Mambo Velcro wallets in the middle of the room and, like, you know, and, and uh, yeah, and, like, 10 Bensons. You had one of them retro money holders, didn't you, that you'd kind of buy in, like, um, Benadorm. <laughs> Like in the 80s, where we all had one, and it probably like you know, most people had like a little red one with like you know, Benadorm or Crete like written on it <laughs> that was quite a nice size, it wasn't too intrusive. You had a very big one, didn't you? That was skin pink, <laughs> it was nine inches and pink. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember you taking it, uh, taking the sort of string off your neck. And then just putting this massive fucking cock in the middle of this room in front of all these tough kids and, and, and the old Bill just feeling really embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I don't know if it did. We, uh, I don't know if that kind of just ruined their stance on seriousness of what we was doing. And it was just like, oh look, just fuck off. Yeah, I, I don't remember like any anything coming of it. No, at that deal though, was a real icebreaker. <laughs> you still got that? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up the loft around my mum's. Cool I reckon. Cities, cool I'll cities. pull it out for you. All right. Uh, so let's move on to um, films. Oh, I ain't finished with music yet. Ain't you? I'm oh, sorry, no, mate. No, I've had a little work. Uh, I had a little look through. Uh, so, um, are you familiar with I Am The Beat by The Look? No, I saw that in there, and at first I thought it was The Beat, but then they're also in the top ten as well. Yeah. But no, I, 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 maybe if you sing it, I'd know it. Uh, I made the old man jump to his feet, feet. I'm in demand, I am the beat. No. Oh, do you know what? It's a fucking tune. It's a proper tune, but that was the only hit they had. Right, I might know it. I will, I will check it out. It's worth checking out. It's a good tune, sort of light-hearted. You know, like the, like the Piranhas or yeah, or, or something. Maybe not as light as the Piranhas, but yeah, it's, it's a fucking tune. Um, 
And at January 81, had a visage fade to grey. Did we talk Ooh, about that before? No, we ain't, have we? Yeah, that was just kind of coming into the charts. God, what a belter that is. Yeah, it's a cracker, isn't it? Yeah, that that synth sounds really fat, isn't it? It's like... Oh, so and it's good. atmospheric as well. You can picture that fucking lonely platform, can't yeah. you? Yeah, that's a great opening line as well. Yeah. You ever met he Steve likes, Strange? He liked, a, he liked a man on a lonely platform, didn't he? As I said, have you met Steve Strange? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what? I, I uh, One time when I was DJing in the gay clubs, Steve Strange done a PA there and done... What did he do? Did Fate of Grey, Mind of a Toy, and one other one that I didn't know. But, yeah, yeah, it felt like a proper fucking treat, even though it was just like singing the backing tracks. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a proper treat. And then one time when I was when I was touring around, um, I was staying in um, uh, Porf Call in Wales. It was just like, because I used to, like, when I was touring, I used to just try and get, like, a and b by the seaside. And then, like, drive inland to me gigs and then just fucking, like, spend the day by the seaside, like, reading the paper on, on the beach, looking at ladies in their bikinis. Eating chips. And, um, <laughs> and having ch- chips and mushy peas on the beach. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was in Porth Call in Wales and I just walked into the town to get myself some chips. And um, I've seen fucking Steve Strange, like, full face of makeup. Like, he must have been... Like I suppose fifty odd, like full face of makeup, look fucking, you know, look fantastic, but just in like normal fucking clothes, um, helping his old mum do her shopping up the high street. It's nice that people don't forget their roots, isn't it? No, <laughs> do you know what? In, you bo- know, like, in, bo- in both senses of the meaning, he probably <laughs> would have done his roots when he done his makeup, and then takes oh. his mum down the shops. That's lovely. That's a sitcom, isn't it? An, a, an old romantic. <laughs> 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 the old romantic, yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. You got any more records? Yeah, I have actually, yeah. Um, we we talked about Adam and the Ants Amp music mm. uh, last month, because it's obviously like, it's a fucking great record, Amp mm. music. Um, what do you reckon the worst Adam and the Ants record is? Are you going to say Young Parisians? No, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually think that's that bad, Young Parisians. Yeah. I was, I was going to say Amp rap. Yeah, that's not that's not very good, is it? It's it's not great, is it? See, I think as much as he's super iconic and was absolutely pioneering, you know, Adam and the Ants. But I think Stuart is it Stuart Goddard? Like Adam Ant. Don't, don't stew him out on here, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but I think I think and he's as good as said it, I think he just wanted to be famous. And I think he, at some point, he just probably just thought, yeah, I'll do that. Like, I just want to be famous. He wanted to be a pop star. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but to be fair to him, like, I reckon, you know, you could probably name in the 80s, you know, less than a dozen people who looked like they should have been pop stars more than him. Like, 100%. He, he was, you know, he was just, he was a beautiful fucking bloke. Yeah, and you know, and striking looking, and had the fucking charisma, and carried it off, and and had a handful of really good singles as well. Because he didn't drink like or, or anything. He like. didn't smoke. <laughs> what did he do? But like, <laughs> no, but he didn't, did he? Like, and and, yeah. and and I've seen interviews with him where he said, "I I just I just wanted to get it right. I want, and you know, he wasn't 
bothered by the trappings of I imagine what the rest of the band and most other pop stars were doing at that point just filling their boots and having a time of their lives he was like super focused on being a superstar and and also you've got to be fucking like you've got to be fucking dedicated and have belief and resilience for you know to go to Malcolm McLaren pay him some money to tell you how to how to become a pop star and then him just fuck off with your band yeah like to start all over again like that yeah. and do it bigger and fucking better and poppier than you did before yeah that's pretty cuntish isn't it fucking nicking someone's band it's really weird like McLaren isn't it it's like Obviously, he was smart. Simon Cowell's smart. Doesn't make him necessarily nice people. No, he's a smart cunt, isn't he? The pair of them. <laughs> Come on, you... Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can say Simon Cowell's a he's a cunt. Of course and he is. Fuck, I'm, I'm just, I was just trying to think if I, if I had to think of five smart cunts, who else would be in there? <laughs> Who's a smart cunt? Piers Morgan's Piers a smart. Morgan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Donald Trump's a smart cunt. I don't know whether he's a smart. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a cunt, and he's got to be. I mean, he's he's got to be smarter than he fucking comes across as. I mean, Boris Johnson's a smart cunt, isn't he? Yeah. There you go. Next Christmas hit. Right, films that come out. Um, I've had a look, and there weren't a lot that, that caught my eye. I don't know what, what caught yours. Um, I only see two that I'd heard of. Same. <clears throat> go on. Well, Scanners, obviously. Yes. Um, and I, I had every intention of watching Scanners so, so we could discuss it properly, because I have no fucking memory of the last time I saw Scanners. It must have been, like, it was in the 90s. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, I mean, the bit obviously, you know, that everyone remembers it for is one of them fucking moments. You know that you just wore the pause button out on your remote control for that bit where the bloke's head exploding. You just want to capture the moment where they fucking swap the bloke for the dummy, and it goes, and and it reminded me of um, you know uh, the, the the woman in red 
uh, the Gene Wilder film. Now, <laughs> nah, go on, carry on. Well, I'll tell you about it anyway. So okay. uh, there's a very attractive model in that film called Kelly LeBrock. Right. And there's Gene Wilder has a, uh, I think Gene Wilder has a, has a kind of love scene with her. She gets out of the bed. So you fucking such a cunt, right? <laughs> <laughs> she gets out of the bed and just for a split second, you see a little bit of bush. And that was one of them things where you're like, wait for it, wait for it, pops. Oh, fuck, I've missed it. Like, she's covered it with a sheet. Right, back, rewind. I remember, I remember being around your ass, because obviously you'd, you'd always have the, the um, you had the you had a bigger telly, and it was in like a kind of TV unit, like everyone had in the 80s. And I remember like, you know, if we were going, we were going into town, I'd come and knock for you. And, and I remember like, We'd always you'd put on them like top of the pops like VHSs and or, or whatever, and I remember being round yours. And is it is it Open Your Heart by Madonna where she's got the bask on? Oh no, it's Puppet Don't oh, Preach. The nip slip, the nip slip. No, yeah. it, it was Open Your Heart. And like, and she's got this little bask on, and she does this kind of like march, and then flicks her head back, and one of her knockers pops out, <laughs> and like pulls, and it was like I'm banking that. Like yeah. that was that was special. That was, and well, I've got something that I want to sort of spin off onto that then because I want to talk about. Um, do you, oh, do you know what? Like, what was the other film? I'll, I'll get on to what I want to say in a little bit. But like, what was the other film that you you remembered? Um, the other film was uh, the Howling. Yeah, that that, that, I, that that I definitely fucking watched, but I have no I have no fucking memory of. So, aside from them two films, which I should say the covers of both of them are brilliant, and then the the link that I sent you, which kind of depicts all of the kind of videos that come out and films that come ones, out there, but and and that was it. It was like most things was like zombies fighting, uh, and like and sexy stuff. And one of the things that typified that was there. There was a film uh, or, or like a compilation film. Um, made by, uh, I think, starring David Carradine, but it was also featured his brother Keith, I believe, uh, and it was called uh, The Best of Sex and Violence. And I just thought, well, that's probably going to do what he says on the tin. Uh, So that made me think, at that age, I remember we probably had our first video, which was a a Betamax, and there was a, a, a video shop in our town called 2001 Video. And we had like a, a, a an A4 bit of paper folded in half with like all like, with someone had typed out all of the names of the, the videos you could rent and photocopied it. And I remember looking through it and seeing things that I knew I weren't allowed to watch. And then like going down there, like to the video shop and and, and, and getting like a film out and being like, just feeling like it was like, the most exciting thing going to this video shop to like yeah. hire a video. But I always remember like, you know, I'd wait till my dad was like looking at something and then I'd just like look up and just be like, <laughs> and I remember there was a one I saw called cousins in love. And there was like this kind <laughs> of like, um, kind of sort of smoky type kind of, um, picture of this, like this couple kissing. And I remember just thinking, Oh, if I pick that up, am I going to get told off? So I just wanted to see if there might have been some knockers on the back that, like, yeah. if I flipped it over, I might have seen something a little bit more dirty. 
but never never quite uh, got to see the back cover of um, Cousins in Love. Um, any listeners that own a copy of that on uh, DVD or VHS, um, let us know um, what was on the back of that. So, so where was that video shop? Was that the one down the bottom of the hill? As you went, when I mean, you got to the bottom of the hill, when you turned left to go around the one-way system, there was a tiny little building that's a hairdresser's now, I think. Yeah. And it was in there. Because there was the one at the bottom of the hill that we yeah, used to we, muck about in. We always used to go in it. Because you saying that's reminded me about... Because I remember just, like, going in there and just, like, mucking about and looking at the films and, like... You know, there were some films that I see in there that I've never, ever seen, but I still remember the titles. or like... Jungle Burger. Yeah, never saw Jungle Burger. I've spoke about it on many podcasts. It was like a, a Tarzan and Jane pastiche that involved like like animated cocks and balls. And it, 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 yeah. it, I remember just thinking like, cool, I bet that's well good. Yeah, it looked brilliant, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I think you can get it on DVD. I think it is available. Like, no, I mean, Was it like King Dong? Yeah, no, King Frat. King Frat, was it? Oh, it might have been, yeah. King, did King Dong exist? Because King Dong was like the bloke that um, passed out if he got a lob on. Yeah, he had a 27-inch penis, and if he got <laughs> even a semi, he just blacked out. And one time, he, he woke up with an lard on and died. <laughs> that was the sort of shit. There was no blood left in his heart. Yeah. It was all in his cock. <laughs> Whoa, way to go. Oh, no. Death by lob on. <laughs> Um, so the best of sex and violence. So uh, uh, let's 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 touch on sex and violence. Um, can you remember your first fight? Yeah, yeah. I had a fight in junior school. Like, I weren't a fighty kind of kid. Yeah, but you all. you are a stubborn prick. But yeah, but I think I've become. I think I've become that. I don't think I always was. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah. So maybe I was. I don't know, but so, so I can't even remember what. But yeah, you're right. It was just it was a stubborn prick kind of thing. And then the next thing I know, people had organised that I was going to have a fight over the over the dipping, you know, where we used to play cub football, um, on the centre circle of the football pitch with Paul Oakley, and um, Paul Oakley was quite new to the school, and. He was quite handy. He was and, he was uh, handsome, didn't he? He had a couple of bob as well, didn't he? Oh, he was he was because they had the biggest fucking house in the whole street, yeah. and and like he was handsome, and you know, and and um, I, and also he was a nice bloke, and I didn't <laughs> even really want to fight with him, like. But you know, like there's always some little cunt. It's out like, your you hands at this point, isn't it? You just got someone's yeah. told you got to do it. So, like, oh right, oh shit, all right then. You can't so, say no, uh, otherwise you're a chicken. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be a fucking chicken, do you? No. It's better just to be repeatedly smashed in the face and be a chicken, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so we went. Um, I turned up over the dip in. I can't remember whether it was. It must. It must have been like an afternoon because we wouldn't have been old enough to be out in the evenings because we were obviously under eleven. Like I reckon we must have been like fucking nine or ten. I love an arranged fight. Oh, do you, do you know what? It's, it was. It, it, I was dreading it. I didn't want to fucking go, but you had to go. So I turned up over there. And then there was all kids stood around the centre circle. And I remember, like, <laughs> he sort of threw a punch at me. And I sort of stumbled back. 
And these kids just push me back into the middle, like <laughs> so old like, school. I love that. Kids, kids are so fucking feral, aren't they? When their mums and dads ain't around, like it's just like it all goes a bit lord of the flies. And um, I can't move. We were sort of grappling, you know that our old schoolyard fights went. You had hold yeah. of each other's shoulders, and you're both trying to sweep a leg round to trip the other one up. And then I thought I've tripped him up, but he's kind of turned and he's ended up on top of me. And I thought, oh fuck. He's like, I'm going to get my head kicked in. And like, he started trying to punch me, but I managed to just get him off. And I just went crack and I hit him. And he just went, oh, me glands. <laughs> Where did you hit him? I just like in the, in the jaw. Oh, right. And like, he said he had this problem with his glands. And so like, I stopped hitting him and he just went, oh. Did you feel, I mean, you won. Yeah, like someone held me handle off. But like, it just felt, I didn't feel pleased or anything. I just felt like, I've just hit me mate and he's had to go home. Yeah. I mean, you're like, still dining out on the glory now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I made myself a little plaque. <laughs> yeah, I'll put on a lamppost over there. Oh, brilliant. I, I can't... Yeah, yeah, what was your first fight then? It wasn't even a fight. It was me just being a cunt. Uh, and there was loads of people at my secondary school in the first year all picking on this bloke called John that, that was just the sort of scruffy kid. And like, and in hindsight, was just a nice bloke that was probably come from a very poor background. None of us had dough, but so you obviously stopped them all picking on him. No, I stood there and laughed because I didn't want to. I didn't. I wanted to fit Stand in. Stand there. And then I, I, don't, I remember like, like leaning against a locker, and like, and someone sort of said something. I might even sort of kicked him up the ass, and I laughed. And it was, I must have laughed at exactly the wrong time because it was that kick up the ass might have been the thing that sort of tipped him over the edge. And rather than the bloke that kicked him up the ass, I remember he just turned around and smashed me in the mouth. And I'd never been punched in the head. It was like, until up until that point, you'd done that judo thing where you just hold each other's shoulders and try and sweep each other's legs. <laughs> but this was like, I've been punched in the face and it proper terrified me. And I was like, I didn't kick you up the ass. And like and, and, and I think he at that point just probably realised I weren't a threat. And I remember just going back to like my class and everyone was like, Yeah, Marshy just fucking done you. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to be done. Like, <laughs> but I also remember thinking, Oh, I was a right cunt. <laughs> like, because I, I I know what I've just said makes me sound like one, but I remember always thinking I was never horrible. Like I, I'd never have thought. I, I, I he was. I weren't. He was. <laughs> I would have pushed you into Port Oakley. <laughs> Hit him. <laughs> um, and, uh, do you know what? That, that's one of the things. Like I don't have many. I don't have many regrets, right? But one one thing I regret is just not fucking standing up for myself more. Like with people that were cunts in junior school. Like, there was this kid called Craig whose uh, dad was, like, a um, detective sergeant at the local police station. And, like, he just had that fucking entitled air about him. And everyone said he was the hardest kid in the school. But looking back, he was just a little prick. And I should have just fucking lumped, you know, I should have just fucking lumped him. And I remember one day 
him just being really mean. There was this like, you know, like, because you sort of knew the poor kids, the kids that were really fucking poor, because where we didn't have school uniform, like they'd have like little fucking knitted cardigans and stuff. And like, it's quite heartbreaking to think of it. But um, there was this little kid, like, you know, fucking two years below him. And he was just being a right cunt to him. And uh, this kid's gone to him, don't be a bastard. And he's gone to him, you're a fucking bastard because you haven't got a dad. And the kids just fucking stood there and cried. And like, I just fucking, I didn't do anything. I just remember thinking that's really horrible, but I didn't do anything. Why was that? Was you too busy going, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> nice one. And high-fiving him. Uh, you know, Kicking him up the arse. No, I think, I think because we because we was nice kids and calm. I mean, I know like you know how things have turned out. People not might not think I was I, I've ever been that nice, but like because we was nice kids and our mums and dads was nice. Yeah, it was a shock to hear someone talk to someone like that because yeah. you know you think why would you be so horrible to anyone? Yeah, people can be cunts. Yeah, people can be sexy. So the the best of sex and violence. So it's made me think. Can you remember like your first like not sexual experience, but your first like core? What feeling sexy? Yeah. Now <laughs> uh, I can't not off the not off the top of my head, but like my my dad being a Essex builder used to get the sun, and uh. You know, and would would just you know, and it'd be left lying around in the toilet because he'd read it every morning having a shit because he was an Essex builder, and uh, you know, and obviously, if you leave the sun lying around, you only have to open the front cover. Hello, yeah, hello there. So there was a lot of there was a lot of black and white knockers, yeah. you know, throughout my teenage years, you know, and and I kind of got a little collection of them up, you know kept stashed away but like i mean this is like it was it was fucking slim pickings in them days yeah, you know yeah. like what like what we was talking about paul's in the madonna video yeah. for the wank bank and you know and paul's in the kelly lebrock video you, you only see a flash of her muff for a split second you don't even see her labs or anything <laughs> like, and like the idea that nowadays like the idea you'd have a wank over something in black and white is is laughable yeah because everything's so specific now, the idea you could wank over scraps like that nowadays, like that, those days are gone, my friend. I had a I had a, a summer job when I was probably about fourteen, and uh, my old man at the time like had a little estate agent's business, and uh, and he ended up kind of like becoming like in with this kind of like the click in in this area in Tilbury, and there was like a, a sort of a, an industrial estate called Barter. And there was this this kind of factory on there where people would like lorries would just empty all of these like cardboard boxes and bits of cardboard and stuff like that. And so I had a job for six weeks in the summer holidays because I wanted a bike. So my old man was like, you can get a job, you can buy a bike. And so like he'd go to work and he'd drop me there. And like I was I'm sure I was about fourteen and I was thinking, Oh no, I'm summer holidays, I've got to work. And all I would do was like just get these like bits of cardboard and throw them in this like baler and then it'd like and feed these bits of like wire through it and it'd bow these bowels of, of, of cardboard and I think on like my third day I started to relax a bit to the point where I thought I can probably have a work poo and like I remember sort of going in the cubicle and I was like Jesus Christ 
and there was like 20 wank mags, like just stacked. And like, I'd already sort of like got a cup of tea and stuff like that, and there was like nudie calendars. Yeah. Like, so I knew it was pretty liberal. But then, when, <laughs> in the old sense, in the old sense, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> it was acceptable then. Um, and then, like, just thinking, oh my god, I ain't touching them. Like, I don't know if I'm, you know, this is this feels too weird. And Could I walked back out, and I remember saying to this fella called Eric, like, I went, do you know about all the dirty magazines in there? He went, yeah, mate. He said, fill your boots. And I thought. What does he mean by that? Does he mean go in there and fill Stuff your boots? Shoes. Or does he mean nick one, take it home? I presumed it was the latter. And I remember rolling one up and putting it down my jeans and sitting terrified in my dad's car on the way home. That, like, so might happen where I got out and it fell out. I remember just sort of like awkwardly walking upstairs when I got in. Mum was like, oh, she does. Like, yeah, yeah, fine. Leave, just leave me alone with you. And like, <laughs> and just getting in my room and like literally unfolding like fucking, you know, whatever it was, escort or something like that. And just thinking, sweet baby Jesus, my new best friend. And like, Where did you keep it? Um, I had a board game called Perfection. Uh, and I remember... <laughs> Taking like the, the the plastic casing that held all the canters and that out, out of the box, lining the mag underneath it, and then putting it all back in on top of there. I was no fool, mate. Perfection. I imagine that box of perfection is in a charity shop somewhere, and one day someone's gonna drop that and go, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I can't even no, open it. Uh, no, that'd be fucking two grandparents get it for their grandkids to play with at Christmas. <laughs> I've told you about that, haven't I? When we got the What's VHS. That? Speaking of the best of sex and violence, um, when like uh, my brother Billy, um, it was one Christmas, and like, and Bill's like eight years younger than me. Yeah, and uh, I'm saying it's like you don't know him. You know, he's uh, he's your mate as well. And uh, and I remember it was like big family Christmas round as, and um, my nan was always like. She loved the market. She loved, like, if you ever got, like, a remote-controlled car, it was, like, massive, but it was, like, proper. You knew it was only going to last about a month. You know, you'd have to put about 300 batteries in it, and, like, yeah. it was just, like, everything was a little bit market. Um, n- n- you never got branded goods. And, uh, and I remember, like... Uh, yeah, I probably got some sort of remote control car. Uh, and my brother got something, and he also got this like this big cellophane wrapped pack of VHS videos uh, of like cartoons, and they were all like weird European cartoons, like that you'd never heard of. That Jungle was, Burger. It weren't Jungle Burger. <laughs> it was like it would have been like a pastiche of Jungle Book, but just like yeah. just really shit, like. And for some reason, my brother was like, probably, I don't know, four or five. And he was like, I'll put it on, put it on, put it on. And like, you know, everyone had kind of had their roast. And then like, I just remember my dad just like, I'm peeling these like VHSs and slinging one in just to probably shut my brother up. who was being like, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a fidgety little kid. And, and I remember there was just like this really, really shit like graphics, like, you know, like animation, like Wahoo Wahoo Superbird or something like that. And I remember thinking, <laughs> oh my God. And then it just cut to like 
full on fucking grot. And like <laughs> my old man replicated that partridge moment where he shuts the drawer. And like my old man just like threw himself like, to hit the stop button on the video. I'd already had my eye full. I was like, oh, I, well, is he going to throw that away? Because I proper want that. And like, and obviously my mum and my nan were sitting there. My brother just looked confused. Yeah, a little bit of Christmas grot. Oh, excellent. Well, speaking of the TV, should we talk about some TV shows? Yeah. Well, I've had a little look through the planner that was what was on telly on a Saturday uh, in January 1981. Have you had a look? I, I did have a little look, yeah. Anything sort of took your fancy? Uh, well, yeah, the, fir- the first thing on, on BBC on a Saturday morning, uh, facts. Football Association coaching tactics and skills with Shields. I always wanted... Did we talk about this? The goalie gloves, the yellow ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, proper wanted a pair of them. Who who made you want them? Was it Shields? I think so. It would have been Shields, Jennings or Corrigan. (laughs) Corrigan. (laughs) They were the England three, weren't they? Oh, Clements. Oh, Clements. Yeah, Jennings was was obviously Ireland, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Shilton. No, it was Clements, Shilton, Corrigan. Yeah, because because Ron Ron Greenwood, who was the manager in '82, did, didn't he go uh, Shilton one game, Clements the next? Did he? Yeah, and and like because he couldn't he couldn't make his mind up between them. We're on our way. We are Ron's twenty-two. Oh. Ah, <laughs> off the red, white, and blue. <laughs> Oh, so good, that, isn't it? Yeah. I remember thinking, I reckon that was my first like, football record I ever heard. And I yeah, me just, too. I remember thinking it was just brilliant and like hoping it would be on top of the pops. And it always felt like whatever I was hoping it would be on top of the pops never was. But, um, yeah, it's no point being England number three goalie. Like Joe Corrigan, no one really knew him as an England keeper, did they? No, you're just going along for the ride being number three keeper, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, I remember him being. A, I remember looking at him in the stickers and thinking, oh, "He's a unit." Number three keeper. You're just wishing something really bad had happened to your two mates. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, on ITV at that point was Sesame Street. Yeah, I used to like a bit of Sesame Street. I thought it was brilliant. I, I might have been too old for Sesame Street, but I still liked it. Oh, do you remember that fucking? I remember me and you. Crawling along the parade on our hands and knees, going agua, agua. agua. <laughs> that was probably where I learnt uh, Spanish, right? Yeah, and, and I remember it, like just hearing him crawling, just going agua. And we would do that, wouldn't we? We would crawl, yeah, just crawl along the tarmac, going agua. <laughs> so I have to say, like the first time I ever heard the word cunt, it weren't on I... Sesame Street. <laughs> He was a grouch Oscar, but he wasn't that angry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just hearing that word, I thought of the Count from Sesame Street because that was all I could relate it to. And someone had gone to me like, "Oh, they are called yeah, I called that kid a Wally because he kicked the ball away," and uh, and he said to me, "Shut up, you cunt!" Uh, and it uh, just, uh, I just uh, thought. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Oh yeah! I always remember thinking the cat, the, the count was a bit of a cunt. I remember just thinking he he, he, he just looked too scary. 
Well, I think vampires, by their very nature, are a bit cuntish. Yeah. I remember just every time Big Bird turned up, I remember just thinking, oh, fuck off. It's funny that, because you seem to be so attracted to Big Birds when we went out clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> well, things got more more um, crackers uh, as the morning unfolded uh, with Tizwas. Any memories of that? That was just fun, wasn't it, Tizwas? Yeah. I can't remember anything. I, remember, I just remember Lenny and me doing Trevor McDonough. Can't remember Sally James doing anything. Checkers was there, wasn't he? No, Checkers was on Swap Shop. Oh, of course he was, yeah. There, there was custard pies and stuff on TV. Phantom Flamflinger. <laughs> that was his name. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember thinking he was quite sinister because he was just like, just this sort of black cloak with like this black hat on. And like, you never saw him. You never saw his face. And I always remember thinking that's a little bit, little bit scary. And obviously, Tarrant. We need to bring him back, the Phantom Flange Fingerer. <laughs> was Carol G's part of that? Mm. I think I he know. was. I think don't know. he was. Was Bob Carrigy's funny? No, but his dog was. What did his dog do that was funny? Spat. And? Because fast forward the, into the 80s, and I think when Scylla started, was it Surprise Surprise or something like that? Like He was like a, an almost like a kind of like co-host, if I remember rightly, and I remember just thinking, like, why is Bob Carroll G's on here? Like, what's your problem? You you had a moan about him the other month. I, Did I? I don't know what your problem. Yeah, I don't know what your fucking problem is with him. I always remember thinking like he was quite a nice bloke. He just yeah. looked like he looked like an eighties dab with his moustache, didn't he? Yeah. Speaking of eighties blokes, um, Punchlines was on on a Saturday night. Remember what that? Lenny, Lenny Bennett. Bennett. Yeah. I remember loving that. What's the... What, I can't remember what the premise of it was. I just remember it just being when like, you say punchlines, it pops into my head Lenny Bennett. I just think... I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was a bit like that Celebrity Squares thing. I remember there being loads of celebrities on it. Do you know what? I'm not going to dig into that because I don't remember that much about it. But prior to that as well, I should point out, um, On the Ball with Saint and Greavesy. I fucking love Saint and Greavesy. They were blokes. Proper, they were, but didn't that, that was a proper good show, Saint and Greavesy. Yeah. I remember thinking that was like proper good telly. Like Greavesy was like one of your dad's mates that you'd want to hang around with, wouldn't he? It'd be like yeah. a fun uncle. And like and Ian St. John was like he was he was like the kind of he, he held it all together, didn't he? Yeah. But they like to laugh on there. Yeah. Right, so if I'm not mistaken. Greavesy, Greavesy still alive. He's poorly, isn't he? Did, did Ian St. John die? No, they're still both all right, I think. Oh, bring back Saint and Greavesy. What, did Lenny Bennett die? Oh, do you know what? I don't want to say yes, but I've got a little feeling he did. Carol G's must still be alive. Died. That, you've said that with such conviction, I know that's a lie. No, he, he died. But like, Spit just sits on his grave every day, like Grey Fries Bobby. <laughs> uh, why can I imagine you putting that round someone's arsehole? <laughs> and that was his blue act. <laughs> oh, imagine that. 
bit. <laughs> oh, <fuck laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh. Wrestling followed that. Oh, yeah. I like the old wrestling. Oh. Did you think it was real? Yeah. I did. I was completely convinced. No, I didn't think it was real. It was real. I remember, like, there'd be, like, there was a deaf wrestler. Can you remember him? We, yeah, we talked about this. It was I thought it was Alan Kirby, but I think it might have been Alan Kilby. That's right. Have we spoke about it on this podcast? Yeah, we did We did have a chat about the wrestling, because I, I said, who was your favourite wrestler? And you just went, Big Daddy, standard. And, like, obviously, it's fucking Big Daddy, isn't yeah. it? The thing is, right, do you reckon Big Daddy was hard? <laughs> See, I reckon Giant Asat's could hold his own. Yeah, like, I have to say, looking back on it, if you see the pair of them in a pub car park, your money'd be on Asat's, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. I ain't being funny. If you accidentally nicked Big Daddy's parking space and there was a big old, like, push on the Utah, oh, here we go, and you got out, and Big Daddy took about 10 minutes to get out. Yeah. And then when he yeah, did get out... That, and he's in that Union Jack fucking yeah. swimsuit. I think you'd just be like, sit down, Shirley. Yeah. Like, nah. But if Ace, if Ace Stacks got out, yeah. you'd hear that fucking music from Deliverance in your head and yeah. just fucking Ooh, have to... Oh, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Right, okay, well, we're going to go from monsters to uh, to, to, to handsome men. Um, early I, I evening, mate. Go on. Can't we stay on monsters? Yeah, go on. I did see at 6.50 there was Jim Will Fix It. All right. So the write-up for Jim Will Fix It in the, in the Radio Times was, what is your wildest dream? If it's unusual and original, write to Jimmy Savile, OBE. You may be one of the lucky ones. Someone's got to go back and revise that text. Did you ever watch Magnum? (laughs) (laughs) Was was there a better 80s Tash than Magnum? Carol G's. Carol G's. Mickey Pierce. Yeah. Mickey Pierce. (laughs) No, Mickey Pierce, there'd have been a breeze and Mickey Pierce would have lost his Tash. Yeah. Do you like a moustache? You've had a couple. Like I've always been a little bit impressed that you, you you've gone for a moustache. I grow a really shit moustache. So like, I'd, you know, Mickey Pierce is probably the best case scenario for me. Like, look at your fucking right. You got a de- you got a dense old bit of coverage there, and I've you've got, got you've got you've I've got, got a selic. I've got a got big a top lip. So like, I can have a proper. I could have a proper big moustache. Can you remember the old man's moustache? Yeah, he had a proper boise, didn't he? It was yeah. like it was a solid moustache, and uh, you know, rarely do I ever get rid of my beard now. But if I do, you go straight away. You go for the goatee, then you go handlebar moustache, Magnum Hitler, clean shaved. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you experiment. Need to, you need to do that with time lapse photography. <laughs> Put it on YouTube. Um. Follow, I mean, I don't ever remember watching an episode of Magnum. I like the idea of it. I probably like the opening credits, but... I, I like the ice cream. Yeah, I love a fucking Magnum. What Does he ice get cream? a royalty on that? I'm not sure. I'll, um, I'll, I'll check the stats on that. Um, 80s ice creams. What were you having when the ice cream man come around? Well, I mean, I always remember thinking, like, 
your parents had a couple more bob than mine. And like, and I always remember thinking like, because my mum would often go, oh no, like um, I've, I've got some lollies in the fridge and it had been them ones in them plastic things that they would have made out of like fucking weak <laughs> squash and thinking, fuck off. Like, Elaine over the road's got a fucking Popeye. Like, don't make me have this. Do you know what? I like this idea that my parents have more bobs than you because you've got a fucking Millennium Falcon. (laughs) I don't think... think You had an Atari! What did you have? You had a fucking Commodore 64, you cunt. (laughs) Before that, I had a Philips VC2000. Google that. That ain't great. I had Pierre Cardin shoes that (laughs) my mum had found at a fucking thrift sale. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Roberto Bellini jumper. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Buck Rogers. Oh, do you know what? Fucking, I, I did see that, right? I used to watch Buck Rogers, but I've got no fucking memory about it. Apart from, I just think of in in two thousand and what would it have been like? I don't know, like eleven or twelve when I played the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, this girl called Claire made us a, a like a stage outfit, and I only ever had two stage outfits made for us. And it was this girl that I met at one of the gigs in South London, who was like, you know, like trainee fucking like fashion person, yeah. and she made us this Baker Fall fucking stage outfit. And I always felt like Buck Rogers in it. Like I ended up having that. That was the time I had that fucking fist fight on stage. <laughs> Um, in this fucking Baker Fall all-in-one stage outfit. Like, it's just the most fucking ridiculous thing. But it made me feel a bit like Buck Rogers. But I have no fucking memory of any of the plots of Buck Rogers other than Buck Rogers wearing a silver fucking thing, whether he did or not, I don't know. And then that robot. Twiggy. What was it called? Twiggy, I think. Biggie, biggie, biggie. He used to make that noise. I have no fuck. I have no memory, but... I read the fucking. I read the little. There was write-up. a love interest as well, I believe. Right. So the the write up said Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century. Buck subjects himself to a mind probe to try and discover if a villain from his past is responsible for a sinister plot. As time runs out, Buck summons up memories of his greatest adventures. He also recalls the beautiful women he's encountered in the twenty fifth century. Ooh, sexy Buck. It was great the eighties, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, after that was Bless This House. I don't know anything about that. Was that one of them ones that you're not allowed to like put on telly anymore? That was Sid James, wasn't it? Oh. Playing, playing Sid. I don't remember the premise of it. Was that like with Eric Sykes and all of that firm? I don't know. Like, it, was Sid, it was Sid James, wasn't it? But I don't know who, I don't know who else it was. Yeah, I've never seen that repeated. Carry-ons are on all the time, so that does lead me to believe there might have been something in there that might have not been quite so uh, correct anymore. Oh, I don't know, but there's loads. There's loads of seventies sitcoms that you never kind of see anymore. Yeah. Now, George and Mildred's never on anymore. Was that? Was there? Was oh God, I don't know if there was questionable stuff in that. See, that was one of them ones that like. It always seemed to be on too late. I was never allowed to stay up late enough to watch that. I, I used to, I, I saw George and Mildred, but because that that was a spin off of something else. But um, yeah, no, I used, to, I used to like George and Mildred. So one of the ones that um, was on that that would follow Bless This House was the one that I was never allowed to stay up and watch. That I would 
get to school on Monday and everyone would be like, do you uh, see the professionals? And I was like, yeah, it's well good, wasn't it? <laughs> and like, and like, and they're like, oh yeah, what bit did you like? Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a bit when I shot him. And it was like, never watched it. I would hear the theme from my bed and just think, oh, that looks so good. And I'd see like, um, who was, it was Bodie and Doyle, wasn't it? So who was, it was Martin, who was the one with the, 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 the perm? Lewis Collins was, 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 was one. Yeah. Martin, Martin. What's his fucking name? Fowler. Like, he, um, <laughs> like, and I remember, like, just seeing him in that perm, in that leather, just thinking, like, getting out of, like, a speeding car in the credits, just yeah. thinking, you're probably the fucking coolest geezer ever. That theme tune as well, it just fucking, it was a cool theme tune. Yeah. Yes. It, do you know what? I reckon, like, if I'd had a couple of drinks and you, you you slung that, if someone put that on in a jukebox in a pub, at, like, just before closing, I reckon a few people would have a tear-up. I reckon you'd just get caught up in the moment and just be like, right, I'm going to roll over a table, that, knock yeah, a few drinks over. territorial pissings dance, <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, yeah, that's like that. That would just fuel the fire, that. There's, there's, there's too much adrenaline... And uh, and testosterone in the in the professionals theme tune, <laughs> you can't escape it. Speaking of not being able to escape things, um, Sutcliffe was charged. Um, yeah, they uh, caught they caught him, didn't they? And then yeah. he admitted it the next day. Yeah. Did you know when they caught him? This never came out at the time, but it is true. I can see you looking sceptical already. <laughs> but um, when they caught him. He was wearing like overalls, and under the overalls, he was wearing a V-neck jumper, right? But on his bottom half, so he was wearing like his legs in the arms of this V-neck jumper with the V on the front, so like he could just pull his overalls open and crack crack one off. And um, it never kind of come out in any of the court case because obviously he pleaded insanity, didn't he? And then got got sent to Broadmoor. Um. But um, because they couldn't prove that there was a sexual motive to it. I think I'm right in saying this. And then if that would have kind of come up in the evidence, which it didn't, that would have been the the sexual motive. Obviously, like he had his he had his free card trick ready, not confined by any pants, just sticking out the V of this jumper upside down on his legs. But back in the 80s, surely like you would have had them old school pants that had the little gap that you could just pop your plonker through. Yeah, but he needed it out quicker than that. Okay. <laughs> I love the fact you're trying to fucking make out you need it to be out of the blocks quicker than Wilbur Greaves. <laughs> Were there a Guinness World Record for it? Oh, no, I'll tell you what, say what you like about Sutcliffe. He was a, you know, he was an horrible, evil man. But what he did was urgent. He had some urgent business.
How old was he? How what? How old was he? How old? Yeah. Uh, I'd, 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 be guess, I'd be guessing. No, I don't, I don't know. Like, 30s? Young to have a beard. Because well, now, now well, everyone's got a beard now. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm 47. I should have a beard. I'm an old man. But you know, you see all these young hipsters. You know, they've all got their beards. But I just wonder, you know, beards and tashies. Did that become a thing? Was that something that carried over from the 70s into the 80s? So the question you're asking, to paraphrase it, is: Did he murder because he had a beard, or did he have a beard because he was a murderer? I think that's where I'm going with it. He murdered because he had a beard. It was a sinister beard. Yeah. The beard made him do it. I don't imagine they groomed their beards then. Like, if you look at, like, Claypole, you know, Sutcliffe, I mean, obviously, you, you've got a few songs about it. Who else Who else was, was sporting the early 80s beard? Um, Bertles, Whiff, Still Go. Haystacks. <laughs> Bloke who did finger bobs. What was his name? Fred no, Harris. No, Fred Harris didn't do finger bobs. Fred Harris done chock-a-block and Fred... He had a beard. Oh, do you know what, like... I'm I'll... not saying he did anything with it, but he had a beard, didn't he, Fred Harris? Yeah, he was bloody lovely, Fred Harris. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he ain't dead. Don't why start fucking... Not, why bo- if you're... Why, if your surname was Harris, did you have to have a beard? Fred, Bob, Rolf. Why Why does the surname Harris come with a beard? It's really weird. I've got a mate that was in a band that knocked about of us lot, uh, and his second name was Harris, and he went on to become a school teacher, uh, and he, yeah. he, he overheard uh, one of the pupils saying, what you got next? And the other one went, I've got PE. Who with you? He went, oh, Harry Harris. <laughs> Imagine that, being a teacher and hearing your nickname. Did you have nicknames for your teachers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I had, some of them were quite in, inexplicable. Um, we had a sort of uh, an English teacher called Mr. Young who was called Ashtray Ed, <laughs> which I, I presume was just because he had black hair with like some flecks of grey in it. We had we had one um, Mr Ellis uh, who was our metalwork teacher, and he had like a very very square type, um, kind of silvery grey haircut that was very block like, uh, and he was just he would be like, "Oh, what you got next, metalwork? Who you got old oh, Lego?" And it was just <laughs> it's just called Lego. <laughs> I love that. It's it's just their fucking name, isn't it? Like we, so we had a games teacher called uh, I can't even remember what his fucking name was, um, Dougie Ardon, because <laughs> he wore these fucking tight like nineteen seventies fucking um, tracksuit bottoms, and he always looked like he had a little semi in them. <laughs> they were fucking up, like the 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 the, um, the games teachers at senior school were a fucking they were a proper sinister bunch, like the girls one. Looked like she looked like Myra Indley, and she used to watch all the girls in the shower. She was a fucking bit of wrong. And then, like the the boys' ones, were just yeah, there was Dougie Arden. <laughs> <laughs> Who 
was the other? Oh, there was another one called uh, called Killy Lee. Who, he was just a fucking cunt of a man, absolute cunts. But then they they got moved on for whatever reason, and uh, the two blokes that replaced them were like army blokes. You know, like fuck. I'm trying to think. Uh, um, like fucking. Are you thinking of Windsor Davis? No, 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 not like that. But they were like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of it like Tackleberry, <laughs> but not as likable. Yeah, you know, just but like treating fucking treating kids PE like a fucking military exercise. Yeah. Like, oh fuck off! That when you said earlier that like you wish you would have just told some of the kids at school like to fucking fuck off. I just think if I could have my time again, it'd be teachers. I'll just be like, oh, shut up. What? Shut up, you're boring. Like, <laughs> I just love to just tell me teachers to fuck off. Because yeah. like, half of them back then didn't have anything worth saying. And it was like, our, te- our, our PE teacher was called, well, for the first three years was called Spoonhead. Uh, and then in the third year, we found out his first name. So we just then called him Joe Spoon. <laughs> uh, Joe Spoon fell over at Sports Day once in the teacher's relay. And you could tell he was one of the teachers because he was a PE teacher, he wanted to win. And he was doing the home stretch and he took the baton and then he just stacked it at, at, at Thurrock Harriers at the big athletics track. And the whole of that stadium just went, Oh, Spoonhead! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as we start to, to sort of uh, wrap this up, uh, Dynasty started this uh, this month. Did you used to watch that? Nah. Uh, was your mum a power dresser? Did she have some shoulder pads back then? Oh, fucking hell. Did she have some... She had some shoulder pads in the 80s. And she also had this, this, like, this perm. You know, like the box perm that looked like it had actually been fucking set in a cardboard box. It I was always like, remember your mum having big hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She did have big hair. That big air. But I always remember one... more in a kind of Farrah Fawcett, like wavy way. Yeah, she did always. She, that was that was the normal look. Volume time, was the, the word. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, she had this box perm one time. Very, very tight curls. I don't know who you'd kind of compare it to. Maybe like Harold Schumacher. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, if Wilder. you can picture... Picture Audrey Roberts from Coronation Street with Harold Schumacher's hair. Perhaps someone could Photoshop that, and that would be my mum in the eighties. <laughs> I, I, if I'm right, Dynasty followed Dallas. I, that, don't, I don't know. I, I never really got into any of them. I remember them. like watching like I think you know I can't remember much about Dallas, but I remember like the whole Who Shot Jr. thing being like you know this massive like global thing. And I remember, like, Dynasty. I remember, like, Crystal Carrington. I remember uh, Linda, whatever her name was. I, rem- I remember that. And uh, Robson. Linda Robson. Uh, and I, Yeah, yeah, she was, yeah, head of the family, Linda Bellingham. Um, and I remember, like, <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember much more about it. I just remember Dynasty and Dallas both had just really good theme tunes. TV shows ain't got theme tunes like they did back in the 80s, have they? No. If no, you had to pick one 80s theme tune, do you know what, right? I'm just going to quickly touch Why on Why did you say that in the style of... That guy. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> with machine guns come in now, and you had to. Um, what a horrible mental image of painting. <laughs> uh, all it was, 
what made me think of that was uh, yesterday we, we was about to have Sunday dinner and uh, and my wife went, um, oh, Ski Sunday. And straight away. Beep, 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 that one. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I wish I would have known that was on because I would have watched that. Yeah. And then turned it off. What was um? What was what was Dallas and Dynasty? What was beep 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 Dallas. And what was Dynasty? Do you remember? No, I can't remember. What was the theme tune to Malk and Mindy? Fucking brilliant! Yeah, fucking brilliant! Like. Cagney and Lacey. Can you remember? Um, <laughs> there was a lot of sax back then, wasn't there? Cheers is a good theme tune. Right, so let's talk about that. Because <laughs> can you remember uh, on your on your BMX, and you would have been about fucking six foot eight at this point and probably had pubes. Can you remember drive, uh, cycling down Halfaway Road and you was, and you was, make, you was singing the, the Cheers theme tune at the top of your voice? <laughs> Can you not remember it? No, I can't remember that. But we used to walk around singing a lot, didn't we? But th- it was the Cheers theme. And in my head, all I can hear is the Golden Girls theme now, but it wasn't. How did Cheers go? Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Getting a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. You add. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where people see the troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? it I is mean, nice. not when I do it, obviously. But I remember is- you being way too big for your BMX, bombing down Halfway Road. You had a massive set of headphones on, and you were singing that really loud. And I just remember a bloke went past in the car and done his window and told you, shut up. <laughs> Do you remember me? I'll see you across the road. You know that fucking classic thing of when kids get killed, they see their mate across the road and just fucking cross without looking. And that was me. I had my massive fucking headphones on on my BMX and I'll see you across down by the ship along the by the Broadway. And I'll see you across the road and I just fucking went across the road on my BMX and that bloke in an Escort fucking Mark III just done an emergency stop and just went to me, you stupid fucking cunt! <laughs> Like I had these big headphones on and call them, which, sorry, mate. <laughs> oh, fucking brilliant. Um, the DeLorean. They manufactured the first DeLorean. Yeah. I mean, that was a thing of dreams, wasn't it? Wasn't it? He... Is there a better 80s film than Back to the Future? Yeah. Is there? Yeah. What is it? Woman in Red. There's this bit, right? Where if you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what is that is what he's lacking. He's just like a little bit of beef curtain. Oh, uh, do you know what? I I think there's. I, I love the first Back to the Future. I think he's fucking amazing, but I do think there's better eighties films. I'd like to hear them. 
Police Academy. Police Academy, obviously. <clears throat> I think, I think breakfast, breakfast Club. Yeah, I do. Like, I was going to say Breakfast Club. Like, but I don't know. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Goonies. Yeah, but do you know what? I, I just think fucking... I think Back to the Future's got everything. Do you know what I mean? It's just... It's you know, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me throwing other ones in the mix, he's not taken away from the fact that it is perfection, that film. I mean... Am I right in would... saying at the end, is his girlfriend Elizabeth Shue? It is, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. We had a little bit of an Elizabeth Shue off the other day, didn't we, having a little stroll? <laughs> Love her. Yeah, she was nice, Elizabeth Shue, wasn't she? Still is. Yeah. We was talking right. about well, Cobra Kai was the reason we, we discussed it, wasn't it? Yeah. Still ruddy, bloody lovely. Diddly, 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 a lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, just to finish up, um, also uh, Reagan was, uh, was uh, is it inaugurated, the word? Yeah, it is, yeah. Mm, 40, 40th president, I believe. Uh, what are your memories of... your research. What are your, mem- uh, what are your memories of uh, Ronald Reagan? I remember thinking he just seemed like a nice bloke. He did, yeah, like just this fucking, just this kind, this kind old man, you know. But like, probably most of the memories are like, I think we we touched on this are from Spitting Image, just about you know him, you know, because obviously on Spitting Image he was portrayed as just being this uh, doddery old cunt who had no fucking idea what was going on. Yeah, but he, he, he just seemed like a lovely old man. Yeah, you know, from from whatever. We worked out as kids. I don't think I really understood politics at all. I remember just thinking, like, "Oh, he looks all right," and that yeah. was it. Like, yeah, yeah, kind, a kindly face would go a long way, wouldn't it? Yeah, I remember seeing Arthur Scargill and thinking, "What's he bloody angry about?" And like, just having no idea at, at that age of like what was going on. And I remember thinking, like, he seemed really angry. And I remember, like, me, me dad would be ranting at the telly about Thatcher. So I instantly just had that kind of, yeah, yeah, I ate her. And I hadn't really thought about it. I just thought, oh, where we come from, you're not allowed to like her. And, and, and that but was I, it. I, I never got that feeling at all, like, because I think where where my dad went and worked for himself, you know, like, the, that's how Thatcher divided the working classes, by sorting out... The aspirational people, yeah. you know, from from the from just the kind of regular working classes, and just yeah, like absolutely. that fucking di- that divide and conquer. And so, you know, in in my house, like you know, there was like probably my mum's family were conservative voters, and and my dad probably got one round of that because he was like you know starting out on his own. So I don't think like they weren't very political, my mum and dad. But you know, it was that eighties, that eighties Essex thing of look after yourself. Yeah. You know, and so, and it took me a long while to fucking work out it ain't really all about that, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd maybe cast your mind back and, and remember them times and just think, oh, how good was that? You know, sitting there in me fucking Pierre Cardin shoes playing Frogger on me Atari. I was fucking shoes across the road. Playing with his Millennium Falcon and Commodore 64. 
I wouldn't have been. I would have been playing. And looking at his wank mag. <laughs> I, would have been, I would have been playing perfection, panicking. That my mum and dad might <laughs> fucking take the plastic casing out and see fucking Denise from fucking Bristol. <laughs> <laughs> Loved the reader's wife back then. <laughs> oh, dear. We done? Yeah, I think that's January 81, isn't it? I think so. I think so. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next month for some uh, for some more natter, right? Yeah. See, See you next month. Bye. Bye. Remembering when we were young in the eighties. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.